Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Compassion should never be illegal. The golden rule applies to all animals, including giving water to a thirsty panting pig on her way to slaughter. All right, well, that is Anita Krines, who was charged with mischief almost two years ago, but today found not guilty. She was talking about compassion there, giving water to uh, pigs. Pigs were on a truck headed to a slaughterhouse. So, look, and as I said earlier, I mean, I come at this as someone who is uh, certainly a supporter of the pork industry. I very much enjoy the products they produce. I don't have an issue with that. I'm not coming at it from that perspective, although I think, you know, a lot of her defenders are. But what did she do here that was criminal? That's what's always kind of mystified me about this case. I I get that the pigs are somebody else's property. I I don't think the pigs were in danger of, of dying of thirst, although they were soon to be killed anyway. Uh, So there's some interesting legal issues in this case. And I guess there's some bigger moral and ethical questions that it raises too. joining us uh, for some further thoughts uh, on all of this. Pleased to welcome the program. uh, Camille Labchuk, who is, um, Certainly someone has been following this case with the uh, group Animal Justice Nazi and Animal Rights Lawyer herself. Camille, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, as, as a legal observer, and I, I've certainly heard this from a lot of legal observers today, that this, this outcome seemed obvious and probably uh, foreseeable. What, what do you make of what happened today? Yes, that's completely accurate. I can tell you that no one in the legal community thought that in a million years Anita Crimes would be convicted of, of this act. As you noted, it's not a criminal offense to show compassion. It's not a criminal offense to give water to an animal. It's only a criminal offense to interfere in a substantial way with somebody else's property. And the judge said, listen, there was no interference here. The pigs were supposed to go to slaughter. They went to slaughter. There was no delay. There was no prevention of this happening. She just gave them water and eased their suffering on their final trip to uh, their death. So why anyone would want to prosecute her for that is really the mystery of this case. Yeah, it, it does seem really strange to me. Now, she, she did admit to giving them water, so that, that wasn't necessarily something that was in dispute, right? No, not at all. In fact, giving water to pigs is something that uh, she does very publicly. Other members of her organization, Toronto Pig Save, do the same. They had been doing that for years um, before this one incident where a truck driver actually saw what was happening, got out of his truck, uh, called her some nasty sexist names, and then reported it to the police. So this had been happening for quite some time, and this simply happened to be the first time that somebody complained about it, um, it appears. And, um, you know, I I think at this point, the pork industry, the truck driver, the farmer, they all likely regret having done so, because what this trial really did was turn the issue around and put the meat industry on trial for some pretty horrific mistreatment of animals that we heard about during the trial. 
Well, the judge even said, uh, quote, conversely, the act of prosecuting Ms. Grimes has probably led to enough bad publicity for the pork industry that it might be said the prosecution actually accomplished what they accused Ms. Grimes of trying to do. Uh, so that, that's, those are pretty strong words. Well, exactly. It did not turn out well for the meat industry. It did, however, have the effect of really exposing to the public some of the suffering that these animals endure on the way to our plates. And, you know, most people still eat meat, but most people also say they don't want to see animals being treated badly. And the footage that people like Ms. Crines gather of animals on their way into slaughter, you know, this particular day where she uh, gave water to that pig and was charged, it was a very hot, very humid day. The pigs were visibly panting. They clearly needed and wanted water. And that is a a normal practice in the animal transport industry, in the pork industry. Animals are often transported in horrific conditions, hot weather, cold weather, arriving, um, panting, or in some cases frozen alive um, before they reach the slaughterhouse. And I think the trial really highlighted that for a lot of people and exposed the harsh reality. But I think the defense did try to argue that that crime should be acquitted because she was acting for some, some greater good. It doesn't sound like the judge bought that argument, though. No, the judge didn't accept that in this case. He decided he, he, he didn't really need to go there in, in order to acquit her because it was so clear that she just hadn't committed this offense. Um, but you know, I think the fact that she was able to raise those issues and explain to the court that she was trying to do something good and wasn't trying to do something bad, I think that was still powerful, whether the judge accepted it or not. And, of course, that's the judge. That's the court of law. Uh, we also have the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know when you ask people that the reaction, everyday people on the street to this case is just shocked that you would ever be prosecuted by doing what we teach our children to do, which is be kind to others. Now, one of the arguments put forward in terms of why she should have been prosecuted is that you know, what if it wasn't water? Or what if it hadn't been water? She was trying to contaminate, contaminate these these pigs in some way. Did this seem like that seemed like a real stretch to you? It was a huge stretch, and in fact, the judge had some very pointed comments for the farmers, for the trucker, for the slaughterhouse. They sort of suggested during the course of the trial, well, well maybe it was some contaminant in the water. And the judge flat out rejected that. He said, you knew it wasn't a contaminant. You knew it was water. They've been doing this for ages. The activists have been giving water to the pigs for ages. You didn't prevent the pigs from going to slaughter. You didn't tell anybody that you were concerned about this. They slaughtered the pigs as they usually did. So all of their actions suggest they never actually believed there was a contaminant. They just wanted to have some little hook to hang their hat on to try to bring this case forward. And do you think that they were trying to make an example of her? I mean, do, do they know her? I'm sure they're well aware of her activism, the group that she belongs to. I just wonder if it had been an average citizen out on a hot day at a truck stop and just thought, oh, well, maybe I'll share some water with these pigs. Would they have gone after just, you know, kind of an average random citizen, do you think? I, I don't know if they would have, but I do know that, uh, or I suspect that the reason they went after Anita and Toronto Pig Save in particular is that, the work they're doing is really effective. They're bearing witnesses to animals in their final moments. They're exposing the public through uh, images, through videos on social media, to what these animals endure on their way to becoming food on our plates. And I think that the pork industry, the meat industry, they clearly feel threatened by this. They feel threatened by the people who are waking up and now realizing, here's what goes on behind closed doors and saying that they don't support this any longer. So I'm not surprised they went after Anita for this reason, because I think that what she's doing is effective and they see her as a threat, which is a good thing for Anita and her work.
Right. I mean, it's an interesting case in, in that it wasn't a question of did the accused do what we say she did, right? Everyone agrees that she gave the pigs water. It's whether the actions meet the threshold of, of being criminal. And, and mischief, uh, I mean, it sounds like a vague term. I think certainly in, maybe in the criminal context, it has more, more clarity to it. How, how would this ever meet the threshold of mischief? That's still what I don't understand. Well, you're not alone in being puzzled over that. Legal experts across the country have been extremely puzzled by why this case went forward from day one. Um, It's shocking that the police accepted the complaint, that they laid charges. It's shocking that the Crown prosecuted and pursued those charges. And, of course, this is all happening in the context of a criminal justice system that's severely overburdened as it is. We've got murder charges that are being thrown out because of delay, yet court time is being wasted by the police and the prosecution on a woman who was just trying to be kind. So it's been mystifying from day one, but the only explanation is political pressure, I believe, and uh, that's likely coming from the meat industry, which sees this type of advocacy and exposure of their practices as a huge threat. Well, given how badly this trial went for them then, uh, would it shock you to see an appeal going forward? I, I, you know, I won't presume to speak on the Crown. Of course, they have the ability to try to appeal this verdict. I don't see on what basis they can, given how clear yeah. the law is. It really is a, a very straightforward case, and no legal expert I'm aware of ever thought she would be convicted. So I think it would be foolish of them to appeal, because they would have to go through this all over again. And, of course, the, the pork industry would be exposed to even more scrutiny, which... Uh, at this point, I doubt that it wants. Now, by the way, and just to clarify, was the truck, why was it stopped, or where did this all occur? This occurs outside a slaughterhouse in Burlington, Ontario, and there's a stoplight uh, right at the driveway where trucks pull up. They stop at the stoplight, and then they turn right inside the driveway into the slaughterhouse. Okay. And so the trucks stop at the stoplight because they have to, of course. And when they do, activists approach the truck. They say goodbye to the pigs in their final moments, and they give them water if if the pigs appear that they need water. And so it it wasn't because of the actions of Anita or any other individuals who were there that the truck was stopped. It was because of the stoplight. And then, of course, because the driver himself got out of the truck and and further delayed the, the, the truck. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, Camille, more at uh, animaljustice.ca. Appreciate your insight on this. Thanks for joining us here. And good to be here. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's Camille Labchuk, animal rights lawyer, executive director of Animal Justice. Been following this case very closely. Uh, yeah, I don't see how you can convict this woman, to be honest. Uh, now, they tried to make her out to be a bit of a martyr during this trial. It doesn't sound as though the judge was having any of that. Uh, this is from a post-media account of the, the ruling. Says the judge took issue with the defense equating crimes, giving water to pigs, with people giving water to Jews transported on cattle trains during the Holocaust, calling the comparison offensive. Yeah, no kidding. He also rejected comparisons to historic rights activists such as Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and Susan B. Anthony. Harris said, well, it is legal for activists, this is the judge, Judge Harris, uh, well, it's legal for activists to tout a meat-free lifestyle and put pressure on governments to change the law. They must do this within the confines of the law that currently exist. Uh, so, yeah, this was probably a predictable outcome. It does seem as though it's been a, a waste of time and money. And, you know, it's hard to see what was accomplished here. I think the judge probably has a point uh, that the prosecution has led to more bad publicity for the pork industry than anything that uh, this activist did. 
403-974-8255. What do you make of this case uh, and this verdict today? We're back with more right after this. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. This text here says, Rob, I was a police officer for over 20 years, and I can't believe a police officer even entertained this incident, let alone laid any charges. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's also the Crown deciding to go ahead with this. But yeah, absolutely. He goes on to say, as ridiculous as this prosecution is or was, a mischief charge can be committed when one interferes with the lawful use and or enjoyment of someone else's property. There isn't any other charge that could even be applied. Pretty ridiculous. All right, what do you make of this? Let's go to the phone. Seer Travis, welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Um, Just a couple of quick comments here. There's an old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, My initial thoughts are, the first thing is a food safety issue. And by what I mean by that is, there's a feed withdrawal period for livestock before they go to slaughter. And the reason for that is, um, you know, the fuller the stomach and the intestines and that kind of stuff, the larger the risk is of a rupture during the slaughtering process, which leads to potential meat contamination, E. coli, all that kind of stuff. So there, there is a, a feed withdrawal period that's an industry standard for all livestock, um, uh, pork, beef. So, you know, by giving these pigs water, uh, that may have very well have have compromised that feed withdrawal period. Um, the other comment is, really, she had no idea how long the pigs had been off water. Um, yes, she's a good Samaritan, but she's not an animal welfare expert. Um, so th- there's some other things going on here other than just, well, there's some hot pigs in a truck, let's give them water. Um, I think more questions had to be asked, and the bigger picture has got to be looked at here. Yeah. Okay. Those those are fair points, Travis. Appreciate the phone call. You know, it's interesting because the question of whether there was any risk to those pigs receiving water, uh, as the judge noted, there was no evidence that she gave them anything but water, nor was there any evidence that the slaughterhouse was concerned about such a risk. So the Crown kind of hinted at that, but really didn't present anything to suggest that this wasn't water or that there was any danger in giving these pigs water. So that that really didn't hold any water, pardon the pun. Let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Bill is on the line. Bill, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, I have to take issue with one of the assertions of your guest. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think this case should have been prosecuted. But uh, in a country where we sent farmers to jail for the heinous crime of selling bootleg barley, it's pretty ridiculous to make the assertion that somehow the agricultural industry uh, hogtied the justice ministry on this one and, and uh, forced their hand. That, that's, just, that's just crazy talk, that is. Well, yeah, and I mean, obviously that's, that's speculation on her part, right? Yeah, and, and I, think it's, I think it's terrible speculation because it, it's an effort, done in an effort to paint the agricultural industry with a, a, a broad brush and uh, an uninformed broad brush as well and uh, like I, I farmers are my customers and farmers look after their livestock this you go to any dairy farm any hog farm any chicken operation any poultry operation any beef operation and i'll show you animals that think they've died and gone to heaven <laughs> already yeah 
Yeah, no, that's a fair point, Bill. Thanks for that. Uh, I mean, you know, these issues do come up, though. There was, uh, I guess it was three years ago now, almost three years ago, there was another animal rights uh, group that had uh, shot some undercover footage of a, a facility in Red Deer at the Western Hog Exchange, and, you know, they had to speak out after and say these kinds of practices are unacceptable, uh, and some changes resulted from that. So it's not the first time that the practices of the pork industry have been in the spotlight. And, and I think, you know, the guest point is that this, this trial kind of did the same. And so if there are issues that, are, that need to be addressed, you know, there's an opportunity to do so. Uh, but I think, you know, I think Bill's right. I think by and large, I, I think Canada's uh, farmers do a great job on that front. But, you know, sometimes we hear these stories that show that, you know, there's some room for improvement. All right, let's get uh, Gary's phone call in here. Gary, go ahead. Yes, uh, we we used to ship uh, hogs to California all the time, and there's a, there's a number of issues with what she's doing there. I mean, number one, you don't know what's in that bottle. Number two, she's on the road there. I mean, he stopped for a stop light. If she, he pulls ahead uh, and happens to get run over, then whose problem is it? Uh, pigs pigs have a habit of of biting as well. So she's got her hand in there watering pigs, and a pig's bite can be very poisonous. And if these pigs have been on the truck for any length of time, when we were running them to California, they'd pick up north of Calgary here. They'd be stopping in Lethbridge. They'd run the desert at night, but there also was scheduled stops, and they had waterline rails in the truck where every so many hours they would have to stop, and the pigs would get watered. So, I mean, she's just trying to prove a point. She's really not accomplishing anything. No, well, yeah, I agree with you on that point, Gary. Indeed, I don't know what she thinks she's accomplishing or what she did accomplish. And look, if, if the police had just uh, scolded her, let it go, right? No one would be talking about this. There was an argument the Crown tried to make that she was doing this to get notoriety. And the du- judge didn't buy that either because she wasn't looking to get charged. It wasn't her decision to be charged with a crime. That's what gave her notoriety. If we had just ignored this woman, said, get out of here, you and your stupid water. None of us would have ever heard of her. All right, anyway, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. I like this text here from Cody. It says, Rob, I was waiting for the punchline to this story, and as usual, I wasn't disappointed. Equating this lady to Gandhi and other historical humanitarians was even more hilarious than what I've come to expect from these activist types. On a side note, I could really go for a BLT. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Let's uh, see what Steve has to say. Steve, go ahead. Uh, yeah, my friend. First of all, that's great introductory music there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, hats off to your uh, producer there. Um, anyway, I was just kind of wondering on uh, the other side of the coin, because there is always the other side of the coin. Um, you've got a lot of uh, people that have been uh, exposed and put in the news right down uh, in Wood, uh, I guess that's Wood Park. A few years back, where a guy taped up a dog in a cat's nose yeah, and okay. whatnot. Yeah. Well, these guys got put in the justice system, fined, obviously. No pets for how many uh, years? Mm-hmm. And that these guys seem to be immune, like big pharma. You know, like why aren't they going after them? Uh, you know, as well. Well, I think they should, if there's ever any clear evidence of the abuse of animals. Um, So I I don't know that in this instance, I don't think there was an issue. I think this woman was making some assumptions about what these animals were going through. You take that driver, stick him in the back of that 45-footer, minus 37. 
and see how he looks when he gets there. <laughs> I mean, is that not cruelty or is that not cruelty? I don't know that that's the threshold, but I get where you're coming from, Steve. I appreciate the phone call. Let's get uh, one more in here in our time remaining. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I just, uh, how are you doing? Pretty good. That's good. I'm just out here farming. I just wanted to make a comment, I guess, on what I heard. I obviously wasn't there to witness the event, but as a rancher, I take uh, very high importance in my herd health, welfare, safety, etc. And at the end of the day, I own those animals. And no one has a right um, to touch them or go near them without my express permission. And that's from a welfare um, reason, uh, personal safety, animals can be stressed, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess my question is, where do you draw the line? Okay. Yeah, Mike, appreciate the phone call. I don't know that anyone's disputing who owns these animals. Uh, what other options would there be besides a charge of mischief, which really doesn't seem to fit here either? She didn't take these animals. So just because they're yours, what crime's been committed if, you know, I touch one? Anyway, we're right up against the top of the hour here. When we come back, and going to talk about this uh, big gin recall. Weird story. Then coming up after 2.30, we'll get into the issue of marijuana, some concerns at the municipal level that too much is being put on cities too fast. Jim Stevenson, City Council for Ward 3, will join us. Our final hour straight ahead. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12.30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.